I'm Kristen Ludlow from NBA Inside Stuff, and you're listening to the Double Clutch Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Double Clutch NBA Podcast presented by Leaning. I'm one of your usual hosts, Matthew Wellington. I'm joined tonight once again by Mike Miller. Hello. And can you believe it? I mean, it's the 5th of March and there's 40 days left until the playoffs. Oh, I was hoping you were going to mention that. What is that in weeks? Like five now? Just over five? Yeah, it's yep. crazy. I can't do I can't believe days. how fast this regular season's going. It's pretty impressive. It, it's just... And it just... You know, given that it's a slightly longer season as well, it hasn't. I don't think it's dragged at all. Yeah. Um, even like the the sort of as it sort of wound down towards All Star break, that was still pretty good. And now we've we've just got yeah, it's just it's really good at the minute. I'm I'm loving it. It's been a pretty bonkers week. I mean, there's been loads after. I mean, what, what have you been up to? You've been doing anything? If you, how much basketball have you watched the past week? <laughs> um, I'm trying to think what happened in the last week. I can't remember day to day to be honest. <laughs> is that because you're getting old yeah pretty much Boom. <laughs> brilliant <laughs> i don't even have a comeback for it because it's true um so i've I've watched a fair bit uh it was oh, it was the snow last week wasn't it it was it was the snow that. week the, the, yeah if you're in if you're an american listener you you won't you probably won't know but like the uk the uk has just been under several feet of snow for the last week <laughs> and it caused chaos like nothing was running everyone had snow days it was it was bonkers yeah parts of the uk were several feet others were a couple of inches but still trains couldn't run yeah I, the... I just i marvel at the fact that a bit of snow and we we can't move a train or something it's just, it's just ridiculous yeah um, Me- meanwhile in like sweden that's the norm and people are still taking their kids to school and stuff whereas we're exactly panic- we're panicking the- and we've got such a sue culture in this country that the schools all just want to close anyway the the best the funniest one i saw was uh so down here in kent there's a ski center don't know why but it closed because <laughs> of the snow <laughs> so brilliant um I'm not going to segue into anything about funding for the Winter Olympics on that uh, basis, but yeah, no, we've think, ba- we've bashed that enough the last yeah. two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, actually, I, I watched a bit less basketball because my commute time was where I was uh, working from home more. My commute time was zero, so I couldn't watch as much, which is uh, a little bit frustrating. But I watched enough; I still watched plenty. Yeah, well, I, well, I obviously watched. Um... Houston and Boston, which was yep. a crazy game on Saturday night, and we're going to apologise now because we can't believe we didn't recommend that as one of the uh, game of the weeks last week when we were picking our when me, you, and Joe were picking our games. We all missed that one. Uh, I'm going to say that I was going hipster. I wanted to stay away from the mainstream. Yeah. Although, we, would you say that was a preview of the People's Choice Finals? People's Choice Finals, or the People's Champion, or whatever you want to call it? Yeah. Some kind the, of... Yeah. Why not? Let's 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 rebel rebel against Golden State Cleveland. <laughs> it was uh yeah we, we might as well start with that then well well well, we can do we'll get on to that in a bit we've got a couple of quick fire things that we was going to talk about last week but we probably missed um the Sixers billboard thing happened just after we'd done the last show oh yeah um <laughs> That's this, amazing. Is cra- this is crazy like if you haven't seen this this is really amusing but um it was posted online that around philly um signs had popped up saying complete the process philly wants lebron it's it's really good. It's the it, that was the second sort of uh, well, it wasn't even covert, was it? That, that, that had nothing <laughs> covert. to do with Philly themselves. You know what I mean? The sort of 
bet they're starting the recruitment already. There was because Ben Simmons was first, wasn't he? He posted a picture over All Star Weekend of him and LeBron, and it was like something to do with thirty first of July or whenever the free agency deadline uh, passes or, or the signing deadline begins. Um, and so he's already sort of, you know, tapping him up, and now everyone's talking about it. Whether that's a, a destination he'd go to, and why it wouldn't be, and why it would be. Um, do you think he goes to to Philadelphia? Do you think that's even on the cards? The more people talk about it, the more it convinces you that it is on the cards. But I, I don't think he can coexist to Ben Simmons, and I think exactly. you you stunt Ben Simmons' own development anyway, because we all know Ben Simmons is struggling to shoot the ball as it is at the moment. But due to his age, like you can just start, you you overlook that. It's it's a sort of similar thing we were. We're doing with Lonzo, Lonzo Ball at the start of the year. Like we were overlooking, well, we weren't overlooking. We were probably complimenting on his inability to hit the three far too much, and now he's suddenly hitting it, and it's it's become another story. But like Ben Simmons isn't a great shoot at the moment. If LeBron goes there, and LeBron's not going to go there and just sit in the corner and let you know Simmons and and Embiid passing the ball and just hit threes. He's not that sort of player. He needs to be involved in you know grabbing rebounds and getting assists and scoring points like he wants to he's still I still think even at his age he wants to be one of the lead the lead guys on a team but it's it would be a great mix like don't get me wrong that would be fun as hell watching you know Joel Embiid run to the court and pass it to LeBron who then kicks it back out or whatever that would be great basketball but in terms of where he is in his his career and mindset at the moment like I, I don't I don't think that would be the right location and I think a lot of it still depends on how the Cavaliers play in the playoffs because what are they four and four at the mo- with since these with since the mm-hmm. trade um that's not exactly become you know the catalyst we all thought it was going to be they're actually only a minor fraction um better on defense than they were before the trade so I think there's still adjustments there but I don't know he looks happy again now which I think was the biggest problem we were seeing before the trade was that LeBron just didn't look happy but he looks perfectly comforted now I know he was sidestepping questions about Philly when they matched up last week yeah I, I, the, the whole Philly thing it'd be it would be great to watch it'd be the antithesis of uh just this sort of three and d game because I mean, although he can shoot the three it's not his strength he, he finishes in the paint that team would just absolutely just lead the league in points in the paint um it would be, but yeah you can't both of those guys need the ball in their hands really i i wouldn't want to stunt simmons growth as you say um plus how many years has lebron got left on the clock for the amount of money he's going to want and i know that sounds scary but at some point he's got to start he has to he must otherwise he's not human he has to start sort of fading a bit um, and I don't think we're seeing that yet, but I think that's that's got to be close. I just love how this is a story, like in in the NBA, like it's a company puts up some billboards, and it's all of a sudden like the biggest thing that everyone's going on about. Because um, a company in Philly actually replied and put um, big like giant crowns on 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 some of the side of the buildings in Cleveland, and it said hashtag Land of the King, and it was it was directed straight at Philly. But then there were rumors last week that were that. LeBron had, according to NBC Sports Philadelphia, attended a Sixers game, and like they put the uh, the googly eyes that you see people use on the emoji. So it was a it, <laughs> that caused a stir as well. It's just it's so funny how we 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 look at these little things and blow them up into massive. He, he attended a Sixers things. game 
on an off night for the Cavs. Yes. It must have been... Per, per an unnamed source, so that could have been made up. That must have been in the build-up to or aftermath of the matchup then. Yeah. Well, what's wrong with that? He likes <laughs> basketball. He's, <laughs> he's going to watch a basketball game. What's, what's wrong with that? And People he, were he joking and were like, he might get on the team plane and you know, share oh, a hot yeah. tub and everything. <laughs> well... <laughs> Um, he clearly has a lot of respect for for Simmons. He's calling him the Young King, and I, about I swear five times only, this season. Yeah, I, I swear. Like he was calling Donovan Mitchell that six weeks ago. He's yeah, uh, he did say something similar. But yeah, I think that he's always been because there was that famous. Everyone remembers that slam cover that had um, LeBron James on the front cover in two thousand three, and they did a similar one with Ben Simmons last year mm-hmm. or the year before, whenever it was, and like yeah. that became like iconic and. Now, the one with the with the All Star jersey. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, and everyone's just picked up on him being the next the next biggest thing, and like that's great as an international fan that an Australian is going in and getting all that praise. Um, whether he'll live up to it or not, we we don't know. But like certainly from his performances so far this season for the Sixers, now he's healthy. Like he's more than showing he's capable of, you know, playing in the the best basketball league in the world. So. It would be cool, but I think that if that happens, then Philly probably moves Simmons. But like the trade market for Simmons would be absolutely ridiculous. Um, but I just I can't see I don't see why you would give that that up. It's quite clear that they've got something that works there, and guys like T.J. McConnell and stuff like they all contribute, even though they're not exactly the biggest stars in the world. There's they are a team that has grown together, and like Sam Hinkie was always saying. You know, we're we're gonna keep our role players, and if our role players play well, then we will trust them more. And that's what they've done with like Robert Covington. Like when he came into the league, no one was expecting him to turn into one of the best three and D guys in the league, and that's what he has rapidly become. But you you add LeBron to this whole system, and I think that changes their plan. That I know it completes the process, which is what those signs were saying, but <laughs> it also probably messes it up. Yeah, and why was the JJ Reddick? Oh. <laughs> I I I don't know. It's it's interesting how much rumors are, are sort of just the everyday news feed for Great us line, at the minute. Yeah. Um, I you know I'd love to see him go somewhere completely off the cuff. Send him to New Milwaukee. Orleans, Milwaukee. Oh well, no, because again, I don't think he'd work well with Yanis. <laughs> Both of them need the ball, and but it'd be amazing to. Uh, you saw you saw what Yanis was like in the All Star game when he didn't have the yeah, ball in his hands, yeah. but. Send him to somewhere like New Orleans. That would be insane because Drew Holiday can operate off the ball, and then Cousins is going to, you know, he's going to want to come back if LeBron's there as well. <laughs> and AD finally gets someone to just like to, to who can just do everything that the franchise needs. They'd just smash teams. I, I don't know where what, what LeBron's mindset is. Like if we, if they go, say, let's let's say they go to the finals this year and they lose again, whether that be to Golden State, Houston, or whoever comes out of the West. Because it will be a Western Conference team that wins the finals. Like, is LeBron just going to think, well, I can't compete, so I'm going to go and join a massive, you know, big market franchise, Knicks, Lakers, get all the money you can? Or is he going to go somewhere where maybe he might have to take a little bit less and just and compete, but build a team around him to to help compete? See, I bet I, he'll I go to Houston. <laughs> it's Can't lining up. It's lining up for Daryl Murray to make make some moves and land him and then you'd have Chris Paul and James Harden and LeBron James all on the same team 
uh, again, I, I'm, how convinced are you that like, like this is working really well at the minute with Harden and Chris oh, yeah, Paul sharing the ball? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Add LeBron in there as as well. Another guy who needs the ball. I, I, I'm starting to. I wonder at what point you're going to hit essentially a breaking point for how effective that's going to be because neither of the, those guys enjoy working off the ball. They want it in their hands. It's yeah. I mm, <laughs> you make LeBron miss the fourth quarter and you just sit him for the whole game and then he comes on in the fourth quarter just to finish games. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I I can see him going somewhere where they can build around him versus just signing a huge paycheck because I think I think that's what he's looking for now. He's he's trying to get that goat status and I think that's he's he's. He's close, and that's um, blasphemy for me to say. But <laughs> it's uh, it's undeniable there that you have to have that conversation. What last week he got the the thirty eight and eight mark, which is just you know never before been done. So that's thirty thousand points, re- uh, eight thousand rebounds, and eight thousand assists. He's closing in on the top ten for all time assists. He's chasing the legend that is Andre Miller. He's closing in on top ten for field goals. Is it attempted or made? I think it's made. Closing in on Dirk, and uh, it's just incredible what he he is doing uh, as as just the greatest player of this era. So yeah. I spell goat slightly differently there. G O T E. But what what has he got left to prove? He's got a billion dollar lifetime deal with Nike. He doesn't need the money. Yeah, the, the, and. He's he's giving away the money to, to to doing children's charities and building schools and things. So, dude's got his heart in the right place. But like, yeah, I I, I I really don't know. I think that's the biggest question mark of this summer. Like, what does LeBron James do? Like, the Cavs have done everything they can to keep him. I think they've gone out and they've got younger and they've added some players that he clearly gets along with, like Jordan Clarkson, Larry Nance Jr., George Hill. Like, he seems to have a lot of respect and and love for those guys, but. Then again, it was really funny the other day because they, pl- they played the Nuggets, didn't they? And Richard Jefferson was on the other team, and like, there's a whole clip of how Corver and and LeBron and um, J.R. Smith were like chatting to him before the game, and it was like he'd almost never left. Um, which is probably the bond that you get when you win championships together. But yeah, I, I think it's a massive question. But Philly, I'm I'm not entirely sure. I th- I'm sure the more people talk about it, and the more we'll get convinced. But I just still don't know why you do that and stunt. Ben Simmons, like, and and Joel Embiid proved in the All Star game. Like, I know it's the All Star game, but like, he was proving out there that he is like gonna be the one of the best centers of all time. Like, he was bossing some of the the guys out there, and you know that's the best players in the league you're playing against in the All Star game. So, it, it did seem like people were throwing the challenges at him. Yeah, like, and he proper was going at Russ as well. Yeah, well, yeah, they don't like each other. That's no. that's clear. But uh, it it was good to see that even in situations where the well team LeBron I was going to call him East wow uh, <laughs> team LeBron went small ball in the final quarter why are we talking about the All-Star game um, <laughs> and and yet uh, team Steph still kept uh, Embiid on and, and they were just sort of targeting him and going at him and it was it was a good sort of throwing down the challenge to the young the young buck as it were um, but yeah let's let's not talk about the All-Star game <laughs> I'll say I, I wasn't I wasn't doing that on purpose that wasn't on purpose tangent no um, I don't <laughs> But yeah, no, it's been a, it's been a pretty crazy week. There's a lot happened. Kobe Bryant won an Oscar last night. Don't know oh, how that happened. That's yeah. that's weird. Have you watched the uh, the animated short yet? I have. It's class. It is, is it? really oh. really as someone who grew up watching Kobe, like it's it was emotional. Yeah, 
It's good. Uh, it's really on good. Your recommendation, then I shall watch it. It's difficult to find it actually because um, I think it's like ninety sports dot com or whoever or the American company that we're we're hosting it. But if you click it, it doesn't let you view it if you're in the UK because I saw like a really bad rip of it that someone had put on YouTube a couple of weeks ago. Right. Um, because okay. they showed it when obviously they retired his jersey and everything. Um, so it, I think it was from that feed, but no, like it's it's a it's a really quite exceptional piece of of um of like cartoonmanship cartoonmanship but don't know what you call that but yeah it's it's phenomenal the john williams soundtrack is yeah animation there you go sorry i don't know why that wasn't coming to my head i'm a massive film fan and that's embarrassing i'm so i'm I'm sorry um but yeah it was quite cool like seeing kobe garth and and like he came out and said that it meant more than winning the finals which i'm not entirely sure i believe but considering the current situation with you know, players, uh, people telling players that they should just shut up and dribble. I think it was quite apt that he came out and did that and proved that you can do a bit more. Because, like, I think the mis- there's a misconception with sports with like athletes that they they just play the sport that they are, you know, destined or they grow up playing. But when they retire now, a lot of them have become very smart, business savvy people. Like, you look at what Andre Iguodala's doing; he's like investing in all these companies in san francisco and it's a really in- like they, these these have been like youtube videos so I'd, I'd urge going out and watch them but like watching to see what he's doing in his spare time and steph curry's invested in loads of startups as well like they're all getting in on you know making making themselves businesses after the games and like a lot of these guys are smart guys like they've been to college so they know what they're on about so yeah, i well, think they, that, have they been that, to college <laughs> that's another conversation <laughs> I'm Sorry, pretty sure that's, that's that, that 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 student... they attended for six months once. I imagine it's pretty difficult trying to balance that athlete lifestyle with all that education oh, stuff you're supposed to be doing as well. Yeah, yeah, totally. I remember Richard but they Sherman. Are smart who, guys. Yeah, like I remember Richard Sherman who plays for Seattle Seahawks came out in, in a press conference and was like, it, "You like people who aren't like people who aren't student athletes in the states just do not understand what it is. Like you'll go to." gym at eight o'clock and then you'll be in class for nine and then you'll go back to gym at 12 and then you'll have like your second lunch of the day at three at three o'clock and then you'll be back in the gym and then you'll be back in class and then like you don't go to bed until like midnight and then you're up again at like six o'clock five o'clock and yeah it does not sound like much of a fun life so (laughs) no i i I totally agree with that and uh i think that uh, i know we're gonna get onto it in a bit but one of the things the the nba does really well because guys don't spend four years at, at college, um, is they have a lot of not orientation classes, but they have a lot of like rookie training things like that. And in the off season, they Media they have um, stuff, yeah. yeah they have like business courses that players can go on. So it's it's the off season, but the the NBA is still putting on things for the betterment of these players so that they they don't go bankrupt uh, yeah. post career because that that's just been one of the the travesties. Um, in recent years, certainly, where where guys are, you know, bust within a couple of years of going out of the league and having to pawn all their um, championship rings and that sort of thing. Um, it is quite crazy, quite quite crazy, quite, uh, quite crazy, crazy, quite crazy. How um, like rookies develop so quickly in terms of the media spotlight as well. Because like mm-hmm. I remember a few years ago, Victor Oladipo was getting drafted, and I think it was on the Bill Simmons podcast. He had interviewed him prior to the draft and was like. I've never been more impressed by a rookie. Like he just, he just knew himself. And when he came into the league, he was obviously the showman. He does all the singing and the dancing and everything. And then you get like the opposite. Like you spoke to Anobi in the summer, and like great guy, 
wasn't exactly coming across as the most confident of people in terms of handling the media. But I bet if you spoke to him now, he would be a completely different person. And oh, that's yeah. like, what, six, seven months later? Yeah. I, I mean, he, he was... He, I wouldn't say he wasn't confident, because he, he's certainly got confidence in himself, but he oh, was definitely like the... the All defensive the, team. The interaction. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The interaction with him was... was it wasn't fluid. It was stiff. It was just yeah. like... But, I, I, you know, the kid was... Is he 19? Yeah. He's, <laughs> which, and, and as you've and, already pointed out, I'm quite old. And, uh, like, <laughs> <laughs> and like the confidence to come off an injury and be as confident as he was was, was impressive. Wow, yeah, but like, I yeah, bet yeah. media-wise, like, I bet he's a completely different person to talk to now. Now that he's gone out there and he's really actually proved it. Like, It's really funny how he's become a massive talking point in this country now. It's like everyone's suddenly focused on him, but... Yeah, where was the love in the summer, guys? <laughs> yeah, well, t- to be honest, I don't think GB knew that he was British until after he was drafted. <laughs> oh, just, no. Uh, yeah. That's the state of basketball in this country. Hmm. Oh, but that is going to another hearing or something, isn't it? Uh, yeah, there's uh, this week apparently there is a an, emergen- an, an emergency summit. So emergency summit, it will be. Um, anyway, on to tanking. Tanking? Actually, before we get to tanking, we're just going to have a laugh because uh, Scala Busier hit a game winner last night against the Knicks. It was a three as well. Wow. I know. I of all I the people. If that doesn't make of sense. All to the me. people to hit a game winner, Scala Busier <laughs> against <laughs> the Knicks. Anyway, on to tanking. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, basically, we were just going to we we're just going to highlight. Uh, basically, USA Sports during the the week obtained a letter that is reportedly penned by Adam Silver. Um, talking about tanking and why teams should stop it and we just thought we'd we'd use that as a as a, as a sort of talking point because we are one of the podcasts that's been around during the tanking era the, like the recent tanking era we've had the sixes and the, and we've got the nets and everybody so yeah um the nets tanking the, for no reason the nets tanking for <laughs> so no never reason had their own picks <laughs> <laughs> um good one nets adam silver came out and said the integrity of the competition on the playing court is the cornerstone of our league it is our pact with the fans and with each other, the fundamental reason we exist as a preeminent sporting organisation, the very product that we sell. With everything else changing around us, it is one thing in our league that can never change. We must do everything in our power to protect the actual and perceived integrity of the game. Thoughts? I mean, it's like, is this a reaction to what Mark Cuban was saying about Dallas coming out and tanking? Because like, they find him. Definitely. And all, of sudden, all of a sudden, this letter emerges. No, it's definitely, because it's it's been bubbling away not even quietly in the background it's been, it's been there right for everyone to see but no one's come out and said it and it's almost like it was taboo oh if you don't say it it doesn't exist like the boogeyman or whatever oh no he's here <laughs> um <laughs> and it's just like we've known it's been there for ages that's why the nba stepped in and got rid of hinky um it just seems too little too late. They could have done with this a while ago. You know, they find Pop before for resting players, but he's not doing it because he's tanking. He's actually doing it for, I'm going to use air quotes, or a leg- legitimate reason in that he, d- he doesn't want to show his cards too early rather than he's protecting the health of his players, in, in my opinion. Um, but we see it all too often where in, even now Dallas have been accused of, um, despite being fined for it, of, of sort of, deliberately removing Dirk from uh, crunch time minutes. The Bulls did not play coach decision for Robin Lopez. Not not exactly a a needle mover, but on that that Bulls roster, he is an absolute glue guy who does all the dirty work. 
Yeah. It's just T- taking starters out is when it gets suspicious. Mm. All these all these players being rested, the amount of guys kicking off. In, so that the fantasy yeah, the, the fantasy league I'm in at the minute has just hit its second week of the playoffs, just <laughs> as everyone started resting for tanking. So I'm getting a lot of guys. <laughs> there's a lot of chatter from all these people who are like, why isn't my guy playing? He's not even injured, he's just not playing. Um so yeah, it's it's not only is it messing with the integrity of the league, it's it's messing up people's fantasy seasons. So the NBA needs to do something about it. It is tough. I mean, if you look at the Eastern Conference right now. Uh, the Brooklyn have lost 44 games, Atlanta have lost 44 games, Orlando have lost 43 games, um, Chicago have lost 41, New York have lost 40. That's five teams in the in the Eastern Conference that have got 40 or more losses this season. And it, like in terms of like having a competitive balance, it's, it's not good because you go across and look at the the West. There's four teams at the bottom there that have lost. Um, 40 games or more you've got the Kings the Mavericks the Suns and the Grizzlies and like the Grizzlies are an interesting one because Mark Gasol as you pointed out earlier to me like came out in the week and said this is not the NBA this is the NBA not the G League and he's he's just fed up of it and I think if you are a star on some of these teams it's difficult that's probably why the Bulls shipped away Jimmy Butler while they, when they did because they thought well we can't have him on this team because he'll get fed up with it Dwayne Wade as well there's no stars on any of these teams you kind of look at the Knicks have got Pazingas is out the Kings don't have a star anymore the Mavericks have Dirk who we've just mentioned has been taken out a lot the Suns have got Devin Booker but like he's so he's not in massively into his NBA career anyway so it's not really going to be something that he's too bothered about I don't think but yeah it's it's it is a mess but I'm 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 a bit one I'm kind of wondering why they're now coming out and saying this despite the fact we've had Philly like openly tanking for like the last half a decade it seems it's got to be a reaction to just a, an underlining statement to what cuban said is not acceptable um we mentioned last week that the question there was a question about um how the the uh the lottery was being reformed yeah um that, that's all part of it it's trying to deter uh this sort of behavior from happening because let's face it Memphis isn't the biggest basketball city, and they these sort of they they need people to come out and watch them. And if you're only putting out, yeah, if you're not even putting out your best side, no one's going to come out and watch you. It's just it just costs the it just costs so much, like not just money, but just like fandom and things like that. It's ah, oh, it's. I, I hate it. I, I hate it, but I totally understand it at the same time because well, that's if the you thing. Until at... until someone proves it doesn't work, then teams are going to keep doing it because like exactly. Philly are proving right now with the fact that they could they could completely gra- great gate crash the Eastern Conference playoffs. Um, like, let's not under undervalue what they could contribute. Like, they could end up in the Eastern Conference Finals quite easily, depending on who they end up facing and what mood they're in. But like. It's proven it's worked. They've gone out and grabbed Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, and they've been really good players so far. And if you're gonna and and the Lakers as well, like the Lakers have gone out and got Brandon Ingram and Julius Randle and um, guys like that for the last few years. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I was trying to think of D'Angelo Russell's name. That I was like, he's in New, he's in bloody Brooklyn anyway. Shit, he quickly forgotten from that the Lakers law. Yeah. Um, I just, like I said, I can see why teams do this because you've got, at the other end of the spectrum, you've got 
Golden State and Houston, and it's just like, well, Memphis tried valiantly for so long. We thought they were going to make it four years ago. Um, there was, I was trying to think. They beat they beat Golden State the season before the Warriors became champions, if I believe, if I if I remember correctly. Um, yeah, that whole bit's a haze because it was like they played the Clippers uh, several times in multiple places. I know, yeah, the Clippers dumped them out that year. Yeah, and that became like one of the real heated rivalries. But like the Grizzlies have got so many problems as it is. Like Chris Wallace is their general manager. Like he's signed multiple bad contracts in the last few years and he's kind of held off every time they've had a good trade offer for Mark Gasol or or Mike Conley. And now that's, that's stunted them because Mike Conley's obviously out with I think he's going to kill his tear or something. Like he's he's not been yeah. playing. And Marcus Sol got David Fisdale fired, um, which isn't great because David Fisdale is a great coach in the NBA. I think he's got a lot of respect from a lot of people. And um, the organization made a bad move when it signed Chandler Parsons. He's owed like fifty million dollars between now and twenty twenty, which is unbelievable, considering the guy can't stay healthy. Like he's a decent player when he plays. I'm but shaking my he, head. <laughs> he just he just cannot stay healthy. Like he signed that contract and posted that picture in a club and everything, and it was just like, oh dear God, you've just like cursed yourself in general. But like tanking is obviously the number one option. And if it's got... the only option they've got, they've, yeah. they've got. They, I mean, they could trade Conley if he wasn't injured. They can trade Gazol, but you're not going to get back a player of equal or better standing. You're going to get bit parts. No, and Gasol's 33, and he's owed a lot of money this year as well and next year. Yeah. So, like, you've got to be a team that's it, willing to take that salary on in the first place. Is Memphis a free agent destination? No, yeah. but I, I like... <laughs> so, I what, what choice do they have? They've got, they've got a tank. I think is, they held on too long. They fought valiantly for too long as the game moved away from grit the grit and grind style that they had. Uh, and they just took, you know... they. They took too long to adjust to it, and as a result of that, they found they now find themselves in the position they're in. I mean, if they if they keep going the way they are, I mean, they've lost thirteen straight at the moment. They've not won again. Well, they've they've not won any of the last ten games. Actually, they have a sixty four percent chance of landing a top three pick, and they have a twenty five percent chance of landing the number one pick overall above Phoenix and Dallas. So, it is it's just a race to tank from these teams at the moment, and it is it is embarrassing. But like. Mike Conley and, and Mark Gasol, you mentioned, like, you just look at the career arc of both of those players. Like, it's quite clear that they've passed their prime. Um, and you'd think someone like Chris Wallace, who has actually shown in the past that he can build good teams, like the teams we were mentioning a minute ago, the 2011, 12, 13, 14 Grizzlies, like, they were good competitive teams and they just didn't adapt to the new era of basketball, which is just constantly changing at such a rapid pace that I think there's very few organizations and front offices throughout the league that can can keep up with it really i mean like people thought daryl Morey was mental a couple of years ago for like shipping out all the players that he moved and then obviously like the dwight howard thing didn't work out so that was a sort of a an early catalyst for them to do what they did but no one thought like people well i say no one people weren't saying that chris paul and james harden were going to be this good and i didn't think they would be no like i i I, I, I'm pretty sure I was very vocal in saying I think they'd win 60 games, but like I did not think they'd be as good, if not better, than the Warriors at this stage of the season. Like it just didn't even cross my mind because of how good the the Golden State Warriors were. I mean, what did they go 13 and 0 in the playoffs last year or something ridiculous? <laughs> oh, it was ridiculous. Yeah, you. Um, 
What they no, they must have been th- they lost one in the finals, but that was it. Wasn't yeah, it? yeah. Which is which is crazy. But anyway, like the Grizzlies, like it's all down to Chris Wallace basically. Like, what does he do now? Like, did they go out and get a good coach and then change the change the way the team goes? Because they they were changing. Like Joe wrote that fantastic piece in our season guide about how he thought this was going to be a really good year for them because they'd gone out and signed players who could shoot the three and they were slowly adapting to the game. But if you just sit there and go through that, you know. The, the Grizzlies roster at the moment, besides Mike Conley and Mark Gasol, there's no real value there to some of the other players. Jermichael Green, I think you could get a good trade for. And Tyreek mm-hmm. Evans, they, they should have moved in the last yeah. deadline. But no one is taking Chandler Parsons. No one's taking Ben McLemore. Like Ben McLemore's had his chance in this league, I think. And th- it's a roster of nobodies, effectively. Uh, I think that's that's ultimately what happens to a franchise that doesn't embrace the tank sooner and there's there's you know there's peaks and troughs with every with every franchise like with everyone you know the way that Houston and, and Golden State are now it's slightly different for Houston actually because since Darren always been in charge they've always been over 500 but the, the Warriors apart from the the we believe Baron Davis team they were terrible they, they were a joke <laughs> of a franchise and they were a joke of a franchise for a long long time um but winning helps you forget quite quickly and and losing is always tough it's it's so easy to point at these at teams and say well this is what you've done wrong but it was going to happen at some point yeah but they're, they're also another one of those organizations and like speaking from like a marketing background which is like what i do for a living like they're one of the teams that quickly adapted to the social age and we'll we'll talk about team values and stuff later because we we read that on Forbes recently that every NBA team in the French, in the NBA is now worth at least a billion dollars, which just is, is unbelievable. That but that is a is a big shift of how the market has changed in terms of like teams using social media. The NBA absolutely owns Instagram. There's a fantastic article on Sports Illustrated about how they've basically taken over Instagram and how people follow players on there all the time like the, the thousands and thousands millions of twitter followers for guys like Giannis Antetokounmpo LeBron James Kevin Durant and the Warriors players as well are becoming more social like Kevin Durant's got a like a YouTube series with with um was it Michael Rappaport you, the news to me I'm old you yeah he, well he's, he's got like that and and they they've they redeveloped their brand they changed their logo they got a lot more social media savvy and it's quite clearly worked because they're now the third most popular, well, the third most valuable franchise in the NBA, which is completely bonkers. Because like you said, 10 years ago, they were barely, well, they just were struggling in, in every possible facet of the game. Mm-hmm. No, it's, it is it is crazy. Um, I think we should probably probably discuss the values of the, the franchises a bit more, actually, just the way that they've they sort of changed and I'm going to look at... actually do you want to do that later do you want to do it now what do you want to do no no, no let's do it now we, I, got, I got onto it anyway so we might as well yeah but, um... I, I, I have to steady myself whenever I hear billion because a US and a UK <laughs> billion is slightly different but it, it is ridiculous thanks and, Brexit and, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> uh, I still can't get over the fact the Knicks are the top so, and, and I know it's because they're, they're, they're in New York but it's just like this team's never ever going to be managed uh correctly or, or, or 
you know what I'm trying to say. There's, there's never going to be this. There's nothing in incentive-wise to change the way they behave because it doesn't matter what they do and how much Dolan can can mess things up. They're still like <laughs> they're still three point six billion or whatever it is. Oh my god, it's it's just yeah. I, I just can't get over that. How the Knicks are the top. Yeah, it, it's oh. it's a bit of a crazy. I mean, we, we may as well go through the through the list because there are some surprises. The Knicks are number one, which isn't really much surprise. Um, their revenue last year was four hundred twenty six million. Um, it's just ridiculous because they were rubbish. Yeah, which has contributed to the, fa- to the current franchise market value being three point six billion dollars. Um, like, if in terms of trying to to put that in perspective. The Rockets sold recently for what was it two point two? Like yeah, it, it's crazy money that's being thrown around in the NBA, and a lot of that is down to the the TV deals that they've signed with ESPN and the the market deals they've they've signed in in China. Like there's over three hundred million people estimated who play basketball in China, which is which is pretty crazy. Like we've become a bit more savvy with knowing what's going on over there, courtesy of our sort of partnership with Li Ning. Like. But they've they signed a deal with Tencent, who are who are one of the TV networks in in China, and that was that was that was a five year deal, and it's already expected to like net the NBA more than eight hundred million dollars, which is just completely completely bonkers. bonkers. Like it's it's <laughs> it's a world leading sport now, and this is why the whole British basketball funding thing gets really annoying because we can't ignore basketball anymore. The fact that the NBA is this valuable, this profitable worldwide, and that the game is so global. This country just needs to, quite frankly, wake up and smell the coffee. Like it is, it's ridiculous. Um, the the Lakers are worth three point three billion. The Warriors are, are, are worth three point one. Um, they've overtaken the Chicago Bulls, if you can believe it, which is completely crazy because that's a franchise that has run off the revenue from Michael Jordan for the last twenty, thirty years. <laughs> yep, nineteen ninety eight, twenty years. Oh my god. <laughs> it's, it's 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 crazy. I mean, Boston are in there. The Nets top ten. Rockets, See, that's another Clippers. one. The Nets. What are the Nets doing up there? That's just that is literally geographic location. And there is yeah, no other uh, reason. Yeah. And Jay Z used to walk around with Nets hats on all the time. Wait, when he was, he was, he was, when a, he was like a part owner. Yeah, moved moved them to Brooklyn. Price went up. Sold it. That is a smart businessman. Yeah, but they're worth like <laughs> they're estimated to be worth two point three billion if the if the current deal falls through because Prokhorov has been saying for a while now that he wants to sell the team but like that's 2.3 billion dollars and that doesn't even include the rights to the Barclays Center <laughs> which crazy. is where the Nets play all their home games obviously so it's just unbelievable and the money look like the Lakers rake in from their television deal alone is more than a lot of the sort of smaller smaller market franchises in the league but you know even the Pelicans are worth a billion dollars so it's just and and they suck. <laughs> the the Anthony Davis eight straight wins Pelicans. Yeah, they still suck. But yeah, <laughs> it, it is just a ridiculously small market, and they're, they're, yeah, I can't believe they're worth a billion. Yeah, but the, the fact that just... there's there is this much money floating around in the NBA at the moment, it's it is quite frankly ridiculous. And I think it's nice to lead us on to the topic of the NCAA and the fact that professional college athletes do not get paid um surely the nba has got a little bit of spare money lying around somewhere to to help these guys out well this, this is not the first time we've had this chat on here not i swear it's, it's, 
it's usually every March where we just suddenly go, <laughs> March oh, madness. the NCAA's out. Yeah, it is. And it's literally the, the madness is is that we only talk about this once a year when it's such a huge thing. The uh, you mentioned real. Richard Sherman early and, and the sort of the experience he had playing college football. It's just ridiculous to me that these guys are still being effectively and this is one and the one and done rule is is a contributor to this is it's channeling and funneling guys who could legitimately earn a living at a decent level to go and and, and work for free it's it's the worst kind of internship it's i just i just find it horrific now and that, that they're not willing to budge on it at all is just insane but i've said i've said on this pod before the the, the g league should be like the reserve league for and and this is the only time you'll hear me make football uh analogies and I'll probably be really wrong because I don't follow <laughs> football but the whole way that the res- reserve leagues works so the 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 idea is that the club owns the contracts for everyone in the in the reserve team and they send players back and forth kind of like the two way they've got now in the NBA but that's what it should be and and you should be able to get guys straight out of high school yeah. If to me, if you're good enough to play straight out of high school, you should be in the NBA. Yeah, which and, is what it it was before. But even then, they were still doubted. But they, it, it's like LeBron put it in simple terms: like you, you're a 18 year old kid or whatever, and you get offered all this money to go and play in the NBA, or you get you know three years in college. It's like, well, what are you going to take? Your family's not in a great situation. You need all the money you can get. Like, you're going to go for it now, aren't you? It's just, it's common sense, really. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, 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 I think it's exploitation. It's just, well, the money it, that the NCAA must rake in. Like, I'm not a college basketball fan by any, any stretch of the imagination. But like, you watch March Madness, and those arenas are packed out for nearly every game and even you go around and watch college basketball games the whole whole regular season like every game is is usually full and they there's clearly a lot of money involved in it and it's like college football and it's like the college football is is huge compared to the nfl like because it's, it's the it, number one sport in the states it is football. it's all but it is their equivalent to us having our national our national football leagues isn't it like every city or town or whatever has their team and that's the same over here like we all find it a bit weird that there is an nfl and an nba anyway but like yeah it's just it's 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 crazy that these guys are playing professional sports at a incredibly you know a world-class level and they they get criticized if they want anything from it and you know these guys could like effectively they could ruin their bodies and end up not having much of a career after playing college hoops or whatever it is they play because they've been trying out so hard to to get into the first team or whatever, and then then play in the big leagues, and yeah, it doesn't so work out for everybody, does it? Yeah, so let's just let's just look at that example you just gave there. Like they could they could ruin their bodies. So it's not you know certainly not the worst case of situation that could ever have happened. But this time last year, OG Ananobi goes down with a torn ACL. Yep. Declares for the draft, and he he went. I think I want to say twenty third. But he, he's adamant, and the scouting report sort of back it up. If he hadn't have done that, he'd have gone top five, which means that with the the rating uh, the the weighting of the rookie salaries, he's cost himself a wedge of money, and that's that seems massively unfair. Yeah, because yeah. now he has to he will have effectively have to 
perform at peak level now in the NBA to effect to get a, to gain a chance of regaining that salary in yeah. the first place. He, well, yeah, exactly. It's it's just he's missed out on a chunk of money that 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 would have been his. Um, there there are alternatives, obviously, but I still think that people are wary of going down those routes because they're not the the done thing. It's almost where the NCAA is has been. It, it's a, a habit. And and the American uh, high school kids don't want to break from it. But we've got like um, we mentioned a couple of weeks ago, uh, Moudier, um played in China, and yeah. a large part of that was to do with his deal with Under Armour. Um, Terence Ferguson of uh, the Thunder played in Australia last year, and a large part of that was to do with his, his Adidas deal. So guys, guys are exploring it, but. Um, the Australian league in particular has come up with a, a pretty clever way of of um, sort of attacking this issue. And normally they only allow three roster spots on a, a team for an American, but now they've opened up <clears throat> for a a player who will become draft eligible. They've opened up a fourth spot that's specifically for those people. They get a wage of like seventy thousand US dollars, which I can't remember how good that is because I know that Amer- uh, I know that Australia. Sorry. Australian dollars, seventy thousand Australian dollars. <laughs> Too many dollars. God, um, I know that the cost of living in in Australia is pretty expensive, but seventy thousand is better than than playing for free. Yeah, and at least then you've got something to fall back upon if you do end up injuring yourself seriously, or you know, it, it, it doesn't, like the NBL, the, the National Basketball League in in Australia is a very good level of basketball as well like it's not like they're just going over to play no offense the bbl but like it is they 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 can come in and they can compete for a year and then obviously if they won't go back to the states and like that's the thing we're seeing with a lot of these young kids who are coming in from the euroleague like the euroleague is a crazy high level of basketball and there's yeah there's guys coming across from the euroleague to the nba and the americans are like oh my god like where did this guy come from it's like well the Euroleague's no slouch anymore. Like there is a competitive European tournament, and then there's obviously the competitive national leagues of nearly every nation in Europe has its own individual basketball league, and the sport is growing worldwide. And I think this is just a case of like maybe it's American students broadening their horizons a little bit. They should they should just take a gap year, go to Europe if they know where Europe is. Ball. If they know where Europe is, get yourself a passport. <laughs> Come over to Europe. This, I kind of feel that's what the G League should be, though, as well. Yeah. Why? Why? If if I was the NBA and I want to spread this game, have the G League over here. I w- I would put a G League genius across Europe, and you know they can compete in the in the the domestic league. Great. Or they could compete in a a Euro League, and it would be all the guys that. So you would get, um, Zion Williams is is just signed to go to Duke well maybe he doesn't and maybe we see him going and play for AC Milan or something like that um, <laughs> we're, making up to, we're making up team names now <laughs> no that's that's that's, that's they have a little, no oh, really yeah I didn't AC know that Milan. I never knew yeah, that come was, on now oh, I've got I, their jersey I, I, did, I, I, did, I did not know that my knowledge of so, Italian basketball is not that high <laughs> that's where Mike D'Antoni has his jersey retired oh wow know. but wow. yeah there you go you so learn the, something the whole, every week folks the, the whole concept of 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 sporting clubs in Europe is is completely is totally different, different yeah. here in the UK. Like, I had this conversation today at work about Barcelona and Real Madrid as just examples that those those clubs 
but yeah, they're FC Barcelona, but it includes their, you know, that indoor football that doesn't involve the walls. I can't remember what they call it. <laughs> Got no you idea. Know, <laughs> but there's, there's like a weird like five-a-side thing with no walls. Um, uh, okay. So it includes that team, it includes the volleyball team, the basketball team, and they're basically set up to to give kids um, from the, you know, the minute they can walk, cheap access to Sports. athletic pursuits. And I'm going so far off track, it's unreal. Um <laughs> To play to play multi sports, really cheap, and as as they sort of get older and develop, if they show a proficiency in one sport or the other, they then get funneled down that route. Yeah. So that way, then they've built the loyalty with the club, and they've got world class teams across four different sports. Um, yeah, run over. <laughs> but yeah, AC Milan. Uh, I'm trying to think who they're sponsored by. Oh, come on now, it's one one of the Italian designers, obviously. Oh, I can't which one? <laughs> Any one of them. Yeah, I can't remember, but yeah, ran ran over. Uh, I th- I th- I think that the NBA and it's it, they're talking about it now how they're going to work with high school players with all the money we've just mentioned. There's definitely uh, the financial backing there to do something, and they really could sort of shake up the whole, uh, sh- shake everything up really. But I, I think they're being cautious. I was I was listening to something the other day where it's, they haven't at all challenged the NCAA head on. And it's largely because they don't want to be bothered with all the legal ramifications, I guess. But um, yeah, def- they definitely need to do it. For too long now, it's it's been going on. It's a difficult melting pot of interests, I would imagine, because I imagine there's people who are who have sort of financial assets tied up in the NBA that also have financial assets tied up in the NCAA. So it's a case of you you don't want to you don't want to stir the lion and and cause you know cause it to go wild because because you'll end up losing losing money in, in one of them but i don't know maybe there is a way where they could filter some players through to the euro leagues like because like the tradition at the moment is they play college don't they like two three years whatever and then they if they fancy if they think they can play at a pro level they will come over and play for teams all across europe so it would be nice if maybe they they use the the sort of the three-year period at the start as their their growing period in europe but I don't know. Like, I think Europe has become its own point now. Like, we are creating our own talent. There's not really much for us to, like, we don't need the American talent. I, I think is the best way to say it. No, I, I don't think we do. Guys like Luka Doncic, people like that, in, uh, just coming out of Europe. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make an apology now about my AC Milan comment. It's it's AX Milan. AX Milan. Oh right, okay. Um, Armani. <laughs> I, I couldn't have corrected you anyway. <laughs> they're they're Olympia Milano, but they wear the pinstripes like AC Milan do, and I'm I know enough about football to that's know crazy. that they wore pinstripes. Yeah, that's yeah. that's that's one of the iconic uh, iconic sports looks. Um, but yeah, no, it, it, I I I think that European basketball at the moment is at such a great point that we're witnessing the true birth of like a truly competitive superpower that can that can actually compete with Americans because obviously the last few years like you've had Kobe Bryant and, and LeBron and guys coming out saying like the, the Europeans that come over are so much more well-rounded than some of our college guys and they, they've yeah. had the massive debate about changing how the NCAA works and how they they coach kids from a young level in the states but yeah we can obviously learn from each other just as we can learn from them like we can learn from the Australians with how they've they've sorted out their national team and their funding and everything it's it, it's it's like a it is a global game it's just a case of sharing sharing thoughts and opinions um but yeah no that it the ncaa is is always going to be a hot spot in in march each and every year i think 
Yeah, definitely. It just it's the time when it's it's the focal point for it, and that's when we see like the. So I think I saw a video with Edo Edo Bannon, who's basically. Did you remember? Did you ever play NCAA March Madness on what would have been the Xbox? I imagine back then. Yeah. Yeah, so that they stopped all of a sudden, and the reason was him because they they're using his image. Oh, his likeness. Yeah, I remember rock. that. Yeah. yeah. So there's still there's still a, uh, an ongoing lawsuit if I if I understand correctly. That's crazy because um, yeah they, they made a big deal that they put college teams in 2K last year, didn't they? So. Yeah, which would have been cool if they'd have expanded it. So I I, I like the idea of it. I just don't think it's a fair system at the minute. No. Because you're profiting off their exactly their, their lightness and their image, and yeah, it's fair enough if you're an NBA player and you're getting money to cover the rights anyway. But yeah, yeah well, you get forty nine percent of uh, basketball related income, so there's no, uh, but there's no uh, collective bargaining agreement if you are a college athlete. Yeah, crazy. Um, we mentioned Rockets Boston earlier. I mean, we may as well highlight that a bit more because it was. Like if you if you watch one basketball game this season, I'm gonna actually probably say you should watch this one. It was it was unbelievable. It was it came right down to the wire. Um, Eric Gordon had 29 points on the bench. James Harden had 26 and 10, despite a pretty bad night. Like the Celtics were f- were fabulous defensively, and I think this just shows you how good the Rockets are at the moment. The fact that the Celtics came out and played the best defense they've played in a long while, and and still gave up 123 points. Like we are witnessing like a an evolution of of the game seeing how this team that is supposed to be focused around isolation basketball is just jacking it up from all over the court and and it's working like and teams still don't seem to 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 push out and guard Eric Gordon despite the fact he can hit it from like 5 feet beyond the arc it's it's crazy if it, that team has so many weapons uh, they just. I, I was trying to work out because the Celtics played well. You could see they played well, and for oh, a lot of the game, phenomenal. They were, up. they were leading for most of the game. Yeah, yeah. And then, then the difference was they shot. They attempted twenty four threes compared to forty nine. Four, yeah, I saw that stat and went, "What?" <laughs> it's that's just ridiculous. It's just how are you gonna? And and it was literally if you if you go back watch the condensed game, basically. All, all of Houston's buckets are, are threes. It's this is just it's just an absolute barrage from downtown, and it's it's ridiculous. Yeah, because they value um, scoring under the basket or shooting a three. Like they don't value yeah. that mid-range jumper, which is like a lot of teams are doing that. But like the huge the Rockets especially, and, and it was Joe Helbert actually posted a, a crazy thing earlier on Twitter. Um, which was a surprising stat, so that's kind of why I highlighted it. But in their last 15 games in which they've won all of them, the Houston Rockets are dead last in pace. That blows my mind, because they just seem to be a team that runs up and down the court. But then I actually you sit down and watch it, and like Chris Paul brings it up a bit more methodically now than he used to. James Harden yep. is a lot more methodical than he certainly was before Chris Paul arrived. And they have complete... Like, Chris Paul has had such a mind shift change on that team. It's... It's, it's it's cool seeing him in a situation where he's quite clearly enjoying himself and like he knows he has someone else he can rely on because let's be honest, mm-hmm. James Harden right now third best player in the league, maybe like the way he's performing. He's he's been phenomenal. But this run, like MVP. Were, 
Well, yeah, exactly. MVP should have been MVP last year, probably the year before as well, but we'll, we'll ignore that. Um, but like Houston's winning streak is the second longest in franchise history. This is their second 14-game win streak of this season. Um, and they did all of this despite the fact Kyrie Irving was, was out there balling. Uh, Marcus Morris had 21 points off the bench. He was torching them from beyond the arc at one stage in that game. But I don't know. That, that last second three attempt as well. Yeah. Oh. Trevor Ariza, man, massive, like, big shot with, like, a minute to go to give him a two-point lead. And then he stole the ball off Kyrie Irving and went and laid it up at the other end. And the yeah, whole place yeah. just absolutely erupted. Like, yeah. I, I think- do you know what? He, he stole the ball and he started going for it. And I was like, I'm, I, he should be going for a layup now or taking it to the, to the rim anyway. And I was just like, but I'm not going to be surprised if he goes and <laughs> spots up somewhere and takes a three instead because there was a there was a fast break just before that and uh, he just flared straight for the corner and yeah. I can't remember who was chasing back on D. They went straight to protect the rim and it was just like no, what what is the point? Oh god, oh god who was it? It might have been Baines. Baines ran back to protect the rim. Um, and it was just one really, really good cross-court pass to Ariza in the corner. That might have been the three you were talking about, actually. But I was just like, they, they are just yeah, they were a couple of crazy like that. That they, 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 that is their go-to shot. They every it just any shot if it's from outside of the the outside the three, they're just yeah, fine, we'll take it, we'll have it, let's go. I, don't, I just don't understand why these teams, even the Boston Celtics, like are still standing off Eric Gordon and. Trevor Ariza, like you, you, you shouldn't be doing that at the moment. You know what they're capable of, and I was reading but an do interesting. You think, so, do you, th- do you think that's the fear of Harden? They're all hedging because the minute Harden gets a step on anyone, he's doing his eight hundred step layup with his arms. You know, like was it B A dot that guy on who was big a couple of yeah, years ago yeah, on Twitter doing that guy. stagger, ripping the the ball left to right, and then you've given up a three point play anyway and a foul. Yeah, but that's like the push off that James Harden does now. Like it's getting a little bit ridiculous. I did see a foul call the other day, uh, where all Harden did was rise up for a shot. Yeah, and, and, and bounce into his the, arms yeah. straight up through someone's face, and they were like, "Yeah, foul." And the guy was like, I, "What? <laughs> I'm just stood here." That what? It's yeah, it's, it, oh, no, it's, it's 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 crazy because like you you can come out and go, "Oh, the league's soft and everything." Like we all know it's changed so much, but. Uh, it, it, it was it was just ridiculous. Like, well, James Harden's getting away with so many things at the moment, and yeah, kind of like Zaza. Zaza gets away with a lot of things as well. <laughs> oh no, we're not having another dirty Zaza. No, talk. no, we're not. But, but, <laughs> but yeah, bo- twenty six and ten with seven rebounds and five steals. He's he's got to be the MVP. He's got an all round game now, and it's it's crazy to think that <laughs> you had three MVPs on one team like on the on that Thunder team from like whenever it was 2012 yeah yeah, yeah 2012 like <laughs> in retrospect like who who the hell should Sam Presti have actually traded like uh. so I I think that the Celtics need to take um like you, you lost by three but you lost against the best offense in the league they should take a lot of positives from this because if they do and i don't think they will but if they do meet in the finals they can hang with them oh they've beaten them already this year as well like they came from 26 points down in that win in december which was um that was a crazy game to watch but they can hang with them the biggest fear i have for the boston celtics at the moment is they seem to like they went for a period in january where it was just give the ball to Kyrie and hope he can score like and it wasn't working 
But like you look at the like they've gone from just giving the ball to Kyrie and hoping he can create enough, which he can because like offensively he's he is Uncle Drew. He's he's unbelievable. Can't wait for that film. Um, but like you look at the you look at Saturday night's matchup and you had seven out of the nine guys on the active roster in double figures. Like they they facilitated their scoring. And I think Al Horford had ten points that night. He wasn't even playing that well, and they still managed to to get him the ball enough that he could facilitate. And obviously, like I said a minute ago, twenty one from Marcus Morris hitting big threes. Like, and they one of the interesting things is like that they they compete so hard on both ends of the court that I almost think they wear themselves out. Like, I don't know yeah. if this is a fitness okay. thing. Like, in terms of the because st- the start of the year, like when they were on that tear where they were beating everybody and they were unbeaten they were going all out every night and then they just sort of hit a wall and i i i'm just worried that they could hit that again at some point like there's there's the offensive wall they hit but then there's also just the sheer fact that Brad Stevens has them compete on every single play like like you saw the steals that were taking place in the last 2 3 minutes of that game the other night like mm-hmm. the hustle from everybody Marcus Smart and i read something earlier Marcus Smart's like the fourth best player in terms of guarding James Harden in the league right now like he's just if James Harden plays against him he does not have a great night and we really saw that on 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 Saturday because James Harden's like statistics in terms of his shooting percentage were not great but he still ended up with 26 points yeah I was was gonna say 26 10 7 and 5 is still a pretty amazing night 11 of 13 from the free throw line admittedly 3 of 12 is pretty shocking from three yeah but you wouldn't Um, expect that from from him no you wouldn't um but what what actually really stuck out to me for Boston was the duo that I didn't expect to enjoy watching play together of Smart and Monroe. I thought they they played really well as like a oh there, uh, there was a great a, series a pairing. Yeah, there was a great series of plays in that in that game as well, where Nene went back to the basket and sort of turned on Greg Monroe and laid it up and scored, and then Greg Monroe went back the other way, and it was like a real throwback to like watching some yeah. some nineties basketball. It was really cool. <laughs> and that, that inbound play from Smart to Monroe in the third was it the end of the third? Yeah, with like two point six on the clock, and he just just floated the ball up above Nene and he caught it and laid it in. Yeah, I don't know how Nene's still going, man. <laughs> he looks knackered every time he's out there. Yeah, he does look tired. But he's like he's a significant contributor, and he gives them something completely different to when Clint Capella's on the court. Like, and as a European, it gives everyone so much joy watching Clint Capella play because like he is rounding out his game. He's becoming one of the best centers in the NBA. I think he's been he was great in that game, but he's been phenomenal throughout most of the season. He's top ten in so many statistical categories, and they were talking about it on the I can't remember who it was who was doing the the call, but they were they were talking. And, they were talking about how he's developed and come from obviously Belgium playing professionally in France, coming over here, fitting in with this Houston team. And he actually could be an X factor in terms of their, if they meet the Warriors, like he is, he could be a real difference maker because he gives them the size that they need to, to make a difference and to beat Golden State. But he's also, he's part of this new trend of, he's a really skilled big man. Like he's not an oaf. He can catch up and guard some of the perimeter players. And, and that's what you need at the moment. Yeah, I know. I agree with that. He's he's evolved so much as a player since coming into the league. Um, some of the moves he makes, he doesn't. He tends not to put the ball on the floor, but he can do if he, if he needs to. But some of the finishes he had yesterday there was one. Um, it was an alley oop pass which he caught, contested, and finished with a reverse layup. And I was just sort of picked my jaw up a little bit. I was like, "Whoa, hold on a sec!" It was just 
to have the body control and composure to do that well and and the and the balls to t- attempt it in the first place because the amount of guys who would have just caught it and gone actually no I'm under pressure I'm coming down and going back up and he was just like no nope, I'm going to flip it in uh he he's a, he is a talent he really is and I would in terms of his ceiling I would much rather have him than someone like DeAndre Jordan yeah no I would yeah cuz well that's an interesting one to bring up cuz like they were the, the, that was one of the deals that was 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 on the table, according to Dal Murray. Like they were offered a package that would have sent DeAndre Jordan to Houston and Clint Capella back there. But in terms of that, changes the whole way they they play. Like I know DeAndre is great on the boards and he's he's a good defender, but you lose what you get offensively with Clint Capella. And I know when he came into the league, like and certainly last season, he was not the greatest of free throw shooters. But like he's worked with John Lucas, who's the Houston Rockets shooting coach, and really developed that this year. And it's it's just it's just fantastic to see, you know, a young guy coming across and making his name on one of the best teams in the NBA. Like that's the time when we get to to scream and shout. And yeah, his, his overall development has been has been stunning. And it was it, it would be interesting to see just how big a factor he plays should they meet the Warriors in the playoffs. Like we're all hoping they will, but. The way the way the Western Conference is right now, who's to say? And I don't I don't think the Warriors have an answer for him. You're like you're right, he could be the difference maker. Well, you know what? What are you trying to say about Zaza? Well, okay, Zaza <laughs> would be a difference maker because he'll come and do something. Tri- trip and trip him up or be out for the next eight months. Yeah, but <laughs> but Javale like, McGee, I don't think could match him. I just uh, oh no 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 no, I think they'd have to. I don't know if you'd go side for size and put Durant at, and do like some weird lineup where you play Durant at center or because Draymond Green is still undersized compared to Clint I, I don't I, I, I'm not entirely sure if, if he would you'd have to throw both of them at him at different points yeah Dr- Draymond Green will rough him up and, and move him about a bit but Durant Durant's got the height I, I, I'd love to see what Durant's like on him because when it goes down the other end as well the ability to switch who you're guarding will take a few seconds off the defence being able to set up. So if they end up with Capella guarding Durant, that's a matchup I'd like to see because as 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 much as Capella can move and step out, I'm not sure he could hang with Durant. Yeah, he was, he was out guarding Kyrie at some stages of that game on Saturday, which was really strange to see because you're kind of like, well, what the hell's going on here? But you've got to think, like, you've got to get your shot off over that, that length. And that's, that's, that is, like, if you look at the teams that have, beating the Warriors the last few years like the one of the biggest like overall factors from all of them is like the length they've got in terms of defending mm-hmm. I, I I can't remember where it was I'll have to find it but like I saw earlier on that the Lakers are the in terms of like their length in terms of defending the Warriors players they're ranked third in the NBA in terms of like the players that they can get out obviously Brandon Ingram's Lenley Julius Randall, Lonzo Ball like They've they've got this athletic defense that can go out and and struggle and and make the Warriors struggle and that was that's been obvious the last couple of years where they've won games against Golden State but like Houston don't really necessarily have that like James Harden has obviously improved his game defensively but you're not going to rely on him to shut down anybody I think that's where you you do look at the the bench depth they've got in like and Baramute and guys like that coming off and seeing what they can they can do but that's where Clint is going to come into his own really because you're going to have a guy who's there in the post, you'll just be able to kick it to him. And then in terms of stretching the floor, well, you've already got as many shooters or if not more shooters than the Warriors have got. So it is just going to come down to a 
massive shootout and those baskets that you get under the rim could end up being a difference maker in the playoffs mm-hmm. when the game obviously yeah. tightens up and teams are a bit more cautious I can't wait what do you say 40 days 40 days and 40 as it days. as it stands at the moment the Blazers <laughs> the Blazers have got 37 wins they are third in the Western Conference you could go all the way down to the Jazz at 10th with 33 that could move. All of that could move. And as you were saying earlier on, actually, if the Lakers somehow put a crazy streak together, they could sneak back into the playoffs. It's not going to happen, but it's nice to think about it. Um, <laughs> but 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 like the Spurs could fall out of the playoffs at this rate. That's crazy. That really is crazy. Like when when we uh, when we potted last week, they just slipped to fourth. They're now in now they're sixth. sixth. And Minnesota, Minnesota were third. They're fifth now. And the Pelicans are fourth. And your the Blazers Pelicans. are third. Yeah. <laughs> but this is the thing. Is it that time, is that point of the year where could someone like Nurkic actually turn up and, you know, if he has another good five weeks, then that could be a massive difference maker for where the Blazers finish in terms it's of just, the standings. It's just an incredible crapshoot to be an also-ran <laughs> with this Warriors and Houston pairing because they are they no no one's catching them they are just ridiculous both of them are on pace for what 62 or something like that it's just uh yeah well i'll be loving life if they get 62 because i predicted 60 so i got something right this season because i i'm pretty sure if you go and look at all of the awards predictions i made nearly all of them are wrong (laughs) (laughs) I can't even remember who I predicted for what. I think yeah. I went LeBron MVP. I'd go and have a look at them because they're always hilarious because you, you, you assumed that you, you'd you be fairly close or in the ballpark, but no, we um, quite a lot of us were way off. I think a couple of people had James Harden down for MVP, but I don't think I was one of them. Um, I think I might have Kevin Durant or somebody, actually, but I can't remember. Yeah. Oh, but that, that Western Conference is an absolute crapshoot. Yeah, like you were saying. now and I'm just... It's it's yeah. It's, there are, there are two fan bases that are going to be really upset <laughs> at the end of this, and I, I, it's just it's just what's crazy is that when when Cousins went down, I I think Pelicans were eighth. Yeah, and I was just like, oh, they're yeah, not, and they lost. They're like going to struggle five four or five straight after that as well. And and now they're sat in fourth. That's just incredible. But like, if they got if they get home court advantage <laughs> in the series, wow. I don't want. Yeah. I don't, I'm not entirely sure I want that to be honest. Um, like I know, I know Anthony Davis is incredible, but the rest of that Pelicans roster is nothing to really get excited about. Um, Drew like, Holiday, pardon? Drew Holiday. Yeah, but like I don't. I, I, what did I, he have last night? 13, 13, 18 or something ridiculous. I can't remember. I, yeah, I saw it yeah. briefly. He, he has been playing really well, but like. I don't know. There's, if, there's if, probably a sheer fun factor in some of these teams that I'm just like I'm not entirely sure I'd want to see them in there. But so, so here's something for you. Just t- you just mentioned how bad the Pelicans are, and AD's leading them. If if he holds them in at fourth, why is he not the MVP? Given that all the firepower <laughs> um, that the Rockets have, and this will be year three that that Harden gets because spurned because most valuable player does not mean most valuable player, unfortunately. This is the argument we had last year when I was so adamant that it should have been James Harden. And the year before when I was adamant it should have been James Harden. Contribute MVP should be the contributions that you make to your team. If you go on a crazy run like this and you've lost your, your second best player or your best player, 
and you've got a roster full of rubbish and you drag them into the playoffs in the fourth seed and you theoretically can still get out of the first round, like you should be worth an MVP, but it doesn't take a lot. A lot of that isn't factored into the the way that <laughs> it's, it's it's everyone's interpretation again, isn't it? It's, it's AD tough. all the way. I'm, that's what I'm going to go with now. You're yeah, rolling with Anthony, Anthony Davis now. You changed your mind. <laughs> Having said that, I, don't, I, I I mean I think Harden will win it, but I just think this. I, I I'd hate to call it a fairy tale because we're not there yet, but. <laughs> just, just AD. Don't He's curse just a, it. A unit, and it, it, he needs to, like. Oh, my biggest criticism always is he needs to stay on the floor, but he he seems to have done it. That Touchwood, uh, he he has done it thus far this year, and if he carries on like this, oh, it'd be amazing. It would like, and and I think that would completely change Boogie Cousins' decision this summer as well. So, because those two, were, good, they were on a tear. Do you, if if do you think Cousins turns around and looks at it, how successful they've been in his absence, and then if AD got the my MVP fault. and goes, yeah, it pretty much, he'll be like, all right, I'll, I'll get I'll get my coat. He could do. I mean, he's still still got a bit of there's a while he's got to come back from that injury. So oh, it's a year. Yeah, he's not, he he'll have made a decision this summer. Is it this summer? He's free. Yeah, it is. Yeah, uh, he'll yeah, make a decision summer. this summer before he. But like, no team's going to sign him to a max at the moment. I reckon they would. I don't think they will. Like, I was reading a lot of stuff on Lakers Nation recently, like because the Lakers obviously won the prime targets, and the, the, the like they were basically saying that they think that they'd offer Boogie a substantially lower contract, and then say that if he, you know, if he comes back at a good level or whatever, then they'll sign him to the max the following year. But it's a massive risk that injury. So, see if I, I would want. If I was Boogie, I would I wouldn't take that. No, I would build. I would if you wanted to go that way. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have the because effectively you're putting him on a one year deal. Then yeah, that's the but, yeah yeah. Uh, I, so I would look for. God, how can't he's at the age where, where he conversations can't, He's at the age where he can't afford that sort of deal anyway. But he needs to get he, as much money as he can now. <laughs> if if no one offers him the max, then I would be looking for a deal that through. Um, and and you can do this through uh, hitting certain points. You get an increase. Yeah, I can't remember what that's called. My mind's got completely blank. But almost <laughs> like an incentive-driven boost. So if he if he got back to all NBA, it would increase by X amount. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think. Someone else, someone this summer had had one like that. And I can't. Doesn't think Marcus who it was. Marcus Sol had a contract like that? I'm sure he did. There was a, something in his contract that said if he made All Star, he'd get a certain bonus or something. Yeah, and then it he, might have been him. Might have been him. I can't remember. I'm sure that, but so, no, it wasn't. It wasn't him this summer. Someone, someone signed one this summer. I can't think who it was. But yeah, some kind of in, incentive loaded. No, mm, I, don't know. I, I, I can't remember who signed contracts this summer. It's the no. same same thing they have in football, isn't it? It's like ten appearances, you get a bonus or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, crazy. Uh, I, I'm just hoping that when he gets the playoffs, we get uh, Jimmy Butler comes back. And he's nice and healthy. And I hope Kawhi's suddenly decided he wants to get out of his bedroom and stop playing 2K in his pants and actually get on the court. Um, <laughs> I hope the thunder. Something's up with him. Something is up with him. Yeah, he's, he's just he's turned down, turned down his twenty mil deal as well. Yeah, so, yeah, that's that's. that's it's strange. like he's having a personality change, <laughs> like midway yeah. through the season. 
Because a lot of people have been really adamant. Jalen Rose has, I think they share an agent or or something, and or maybe they went to the same school. I can't remember. Um, but like he was just saying the other week that he's heard under no uncertain terms that like Kawhi wants to be in a big market. But like that seems goes completely for a guy against who refuses every, the, Yeah, yeah, refuses to talk in in his adverts, but wants to be in a big market. It's crazy. Maybe he's just thinking he can't compete in San Antonio, which is it's just like it's, I guess it's the same mentality that Durant had when he left Golden State. Like he generally didn't think that the Thunder could go out and get the big name free agents. Like they tried to get Pau Gasol the year before, and that hadn't happened, despite the fact him and Russ had both flown out to LA and spent time with him. But like Pau has openly said he like prefers the big cities because he likes going to the opera and crap like that so so like and that i think massively factored into durant right he goes to golden state he gets the weather he gets all the money he gets silicon valley like and he also gets the the other four all-stars that happen to be there as well but yeah it's it's, and we'll have to see what happens this summer with the thunder right if the thunder get into the playoffs and get bounced does paul george go what's happening with camilla anthony because he's not looked great you know so many questions around the West. It's it's crazy. It is crazy. Um, I managed to pull up the 2017-18 Basketball Reference NBA MVP Award Tracker, Ooh. which ranks candidates based on a model built using previous voting results. All right. <laughs> the probability of James Harden being the MVP is 68.7%. Oh, it's a lock. Yeah. The, the sixth-ranked Anthony Davis is 2.6%. Yeah, you get, um, I think it's 9 to 1 odds on Skybet for Anthony Davis MVP at the moment. Really? I had a look the other I'd, week. I'd stick some money on that. Yeah, it be, might be worth a punt. I've still got my um, my one down for Clay to get, I think it was 300, 300 threes, 200 threes. If it's 200 threes, he's about two away. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm Yeah, I can't I'm going to have a look now. But I've, I've, if, it's, if it's 300, good luck to you. I've been tracking it because Steph hit a crazy mark at this point in the season as well. Six uh, years... Of oh, 200 plus it's, it's, threes. It's 300 plus. Oh, you're not getting that. <laughs> kiss that money goodbye. Hey, it was only a pound. I'm all right. I can do it. <laughs> the, 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 pound, the other pound I was going to kiss away was um, Warriors to win championship, Kawhi Leonard to win MVP, <laughs> Dennis Smith oh, Jr. Yeah. to win rookie of the year, and Harden to top top the average um, point scorer and assists. <laughs> well, that was 200 to 1, but, but yeah. <laughs> that has been completely blown up the water by Kawhi Leonard and his pants. And Dennis Smith. And Dennis Smith, yeah. He's played well, though. Meh. Meh. It's streaky. And plus, the maps are tanking, so I don't actually know if yeah, this is what we're seeing of him as his no. full <laughs> Mark Cuban's probably been like, look, I'll give you all this extra money if you just chill out a little bit. Yeah. Under the table, because probably, that probably goes on. <laughs> <laughs> um... Well, the website is, as always, doubleclutch.uk. Please go and check that out. Um, in terms of articles and stuff, we are in the midst of some form of a restructure in terms of how we get content out to you guys and how we interact with you on social media and stuff. So hopefully over the next coming weeks and months, we'll be a bit more active on there. Um, but we've done pretty well with the podcast the last couple of weeks. This is like our fourth straight week, I think, with 
managed to hit. <laughs> I the, love how you're keeping hit, track. Hit the right day and the right time. Well, there was a point where this was normal for like me and Zach three or four years ago, but like a lot's changed and, and like I don't. I think Zach's got a different job, and he, I don't even know if he's in Canada anymore. But like, <laughs> life gets in the way of doing all of this. Um, as fun as it is, but. The Twitter feed is, is obviously at Double Clutch UK, Facebook's um, forward slash Double Clutch UK as well. If you're watching games during the week, please do use hashtag NBN UK. And I've just remembered, before we go, we've actually got a game say, of the week. Speaking weeks. of which. We've got a game of the week. Yeah. Uh, do you want to go first? Okay. Yep. Yeah, why not? Uh, so the 9th of March. What day is that? Oh, now you're pushing it. Um, Friday. Oh, there you go. Friday the 9th of March. Plenty of reasons to stay up late. Uh... I'm going for 1 a.m. Oh, okay. So Saturday morning. Oh, is it? Wh- oh. Yeah, yeah. No, 8, no, 8 no. p.m. Eastern time on the 9th of March. So that'll be Saturday morning at 1 a.m., won't it? Yeah, I, I don't know what your your your, um, your league, your NBA upset has. I'm going uh, Washington Wizards, the streaking Wizards without John Wall, and the streaking Pelicans without Boogie Cousins, who we've just poured adulation on for Anthony Davis yeah uh, <laughs> I've got I'm going to get this time wrong now this, now this says 12.30am on the 10th um, this, there you go yours is half an hour before mine there you go this is uh, this is Houston Toronto which is a, a scintillating game. tantalizing matchup that is your super Saturday if 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 we can use that stupid Sky Sports phrase um, yeah that's that's a game to watch I mean you look at the records at the moment, Houston are one off fifty games, the Raptors are five off fifty games. The Raptors off the Raptors are on pace for a career, uh, a franchise best. Their offense has been wins. phenomenal this year. And they're doing it with the same players they've had the last c- couple of years, minus a couple of new additions. My, okay. Um so they're they're much more spread the way their offense works it's it's they've got far more contributors it's not overly reliant on Lowry and or DeRozan is how I I perceive it they've just they've just got many more threats that they're utilizing at a higher rate yeah if that makes sense and their bench is crazy yeah. yeah everyone on that team fits together plays a specific role fits together really well and I yeah I think um Casey's in with a very good shout at coach of the year. Yeah. It's like you're guaranteed thirty odd points from that bench like every each and every night. Like it doesn't really matter the situation. They just they are in a machine at the moment. And I don't think anyone thought Dwayne Casey was capable of changing this the the way they they worked because traditionally like they've they've been really good regular season teams and then they've got to the playoffs and they've just been bogged down but I don't know whether a lot of that's just been the fact that Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan perhaps haven't performed to the correct level in the postseason. Um, but now they've got the added depth that, that hopefully they would be able to, you know, ride that tide and then get progress further. But, but we shall see. Um, yeah, I never know what to say about the Raptors because like, I, I, I thought they were going to the conference finals last year, but that didn't work very well. Yeah, that's still one of my favourite podcast moments. Oh, uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> right, we'll catch you next weekend for more favourite podcast moments. <laughs> <laughs>